And I'm not Josh. Wow. Where is Where? Josh? I don't know. I think he's probably wiping his nose somewhere. Oh, <laughs> no, we've given him the sack. I know. Well, we need a bit. Look, I mean, you two muck about so much that oh. we've we've had to bring a bit of seriousness yeah. to this. Yeah, I get that. So he's, he's had a video to tell him he's got the sack. You know, that's, yeah. that's the trend these days, isn't it? Yeah, easier to do it on camera <laughs> than face to face. Yeah, that's what they all do, P&O and all that. Anyway, what, um, what we're going to talk about tonight, will... What about Impact Sunday? Because I wasn't able to Impact get Impact Sunday? And you were in the band. I was. The worship was really good, actually. Of course it it's was. It's probably the best worship we've ever had in the church. Really? Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, blimey, that's had... saying something, isn't it? It, mostly because Josh wasn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> Josh wasn't on drums because he didn't want... I don't know why I went there. Is that because your dad was on the drums? Yeah, my dad was You're just trying drums. to creep at the moment around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know where he's, he's missing, isn't he? And then Dan was on guitar. Yeah, And with okay. all three of us combined, it sounded really good. And there was uh, some guest speaker? There were, yeah, from... And, and there was a guest speaker from Meadowhead. Meadowhead. They did right. a really good talk. On. <laughs> it was on. It was on. There was one part about Zacchaeus. Zacharias? Zacharias. And there was a guest speaker or two. Yeah, from Meadowhead, and they came with their family, and they were talking all about how they transformed their community and how they got people, or their friends and family, to become Christians and go to church with them. And they talked about different Bible stories and how that can like influence them to do what they do. All right, that sounds really good. Yeah, it was. Because they do lots of things up there. They even run the library up there, I think, as well. Yeah. And so if you were not... Um, here on the Impact Sunday, you can watch the talk on YouTube or you can listen to the talk. Just ask Emma Bowden for the link to the video. Oh, that's fantastic. Ignore injustice, but we fight against it by loving and caring for people. Where's Mama? She's over there. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to our hot topic. And who's, yeah, who's talking of Emma. It's Emma doing it. It was Emma that did it. And it was, it was Julia and Judy who interviewed her. So we're going to start. Actually, it was a really good talk, I must say. And it was all about what Jesus said by his actions. Mm. And there's a very good example of this that Emma used. And so we're going to start off with a clip from my favourite TV programme, The Chosen. <laughs> Which, um, which shows the whole story. And then Emma and Julia and Judy are going to talk about it in this next session of Hot Topic. Thank you. 
to give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit, and the time is coming and is now here that it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <sighs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? Hi, and welcome to this week's Hot Topic. I'm Julia, this is Judy, and this week, 
It's Emma that's delivered our hot topic. So she is in the hot seat. I'm a little bit nervous. She's a little bit nervous, and she should be. <laughs> okay. So we're going to have that little nice icebreaker question. Why did you choose to write this subject? You'd written on John before. Yes. What inspired you? Um, well, so the, the story in John 4 is about the woman at the well, which people probably heard before, but perhaps not read it in the way that, or taken from it what I was saying, basically, I think, hopefully. Um, I heard a talk by Steve Furtick, who's like a pastor in America. Well, he's not like a pastor, he is a pastor <laughs> in America. Um, and he picked parts of it out, sorry Judy. <laughs> He picked parts of it out that I'd never realised before either. And then I remember um, having a session um, on DNA, which was this training course that I did, by Jen Loker, mm -hmm. who runs uh, Mosaic Lives, which is like a divorce counselling company. But she's, she's fantastic and a really good speaker. And she did it on how you know, to work from a place of rest. Mm -hmm. And um, just used this story, I suppose, as inspiration for that, because Jesus did get tired and weary, which I pick up on in the in the Bible talk, which I think is quite surprising because we do think of him as like being a bit superhuman perhaps and not ever realised he does. Mm. So in the long story short, basically I chose it because I think it's important for us to know what Jesus is really like and not hold him to this idea that he wasn't fully human, which I think we don't do on purpose. We kind of have this bias in the back of our heads. Um, so just as a way to get to know him better really. Good answer. Good answer. Well done. So, the first kind of foray into <coughs> the talk is um, it kind of culminates with Jesus meets us where we are. And that's actually one of our taglines, isn't it? When we have any screens come up, so it turns. Um, come as you are. Come as you are. Is, yeah. is the Same sort of gist, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Have you got any sort of personal experience of yourself or someone that you know that? where that's been the case, where Jesus has met either you or someone where they're at, not perfect, not ready, not fixed. Well, yeah, myself. Like, <laughs> Me too. Um, this happens, like, when you become a Christian, I think <clears throat> you can feel a bit on cloud nine. Like, some people might describe that, like, it being, like, an amazing experience because you've got to know Jesus and you might experience like some healing or some dramatic change or something. I didn't really experience like a dramatic, there wasn't a moment for me, but as in, in the early days, it's kind of like there's so much to take in and so much freedom and, and it's amazing and all the rest of it. But then I think you realise, you get to a point and you're like, oh, well, I have had great freedom from these things, but actually uh, things rear their ugly head or layers get pulled off and um, you realise that, know you definitely need Jesus and it's amazing his grace of where you're at like you'll still get things wrong mm -hmm. um, but he's still there with you and still loves you anyway mm -hmm. if that makes sense so yeah. that's kind of there isn't a, a specific scenario that's come into my head as such but definitely throughout <coughs> that mm -hmm. time that's what you realize I think it's not like all fresh happy daisy like at the beginning where it's like I'm just gonna be this perfect person <laughs> that you know, it's got all these fruit of the spirit and all sorts maybe but no, it doesn't always outwork in our lives like that, does it? Immediately. No. So, yeah. Judy, what are you thinking? You look very contemplative. Yeah, no, I think, <coughs> I think when, when certainly thinking of myself as a young Christian, um, I think in those days there was very much more 
emphasis on doing mm. and actually actually earning your way mm. and um, to come to understand that Jesus just loved me as I was and all that great the grace that what grace really means has been okay, <laughs> a real eye-opener <laughs> yeah uh, has been really really helpful um, and so, you know, I mean, I, I would have said that Mike and I both really struggled with that for many years and we'd have these chats at the weekend, you know, how are we getting on, what should we be doing? And it was always, let's just pull, our, pull ourselves up by our bootlaces and start again because we've made this mistake and this mistake and so forth. So to actually understand that Jesus really just loved me as I was, was so helpful and so freeing. Yeah. And and we can definitely learn from the passage that I read from, but also there's books on this that help. So I would have definitely probably been like you and Mike, and probably still am. I think some people are just different to others, aren't we? As in, like, you just kind of get your hands dirty and get on with it kind of thing. Some people are just like that. But there's a book called Sit, Walk, Stand, I think, by Watchman Nee, which is a very, it's kind of like a very little book, isn't it? But it's very powerful about making sure you sit at the, feet of God first before you try and um, walk, before you try and stand, like I'm talking about spiritually. Um, and I think Jesus modelled that so well because he wouldn't have been able to give so much of himself if he wasn't coming to God. You know, there's lots of times in scripture where Jesus goes and is in quiet time and uh, stuff, but the most exciting stories that we tell are the ones where he's like doing, doing, doing and doing amazing things. Um, but that wasn't what he always did. Um, so I think it's important that we learn, like you say, you can you can have good behaviour and good works, and we talked about that last time, servanthood, didn't we? And it's not to take away from that, but it's mm. the place we serve from mm. that's important. Mm. I think there's sometimes occasions when <coughs> excuse me, we come across people who, you know, you, you, we think everybody needs Jesus, and actually it's the best thing ever, but somehow they feel they can't take that decision because they're not good enough or they're not worthy mm. or, or what have you. And it can be really difficult to get across to people that actually he just loves us exactly how we are. But I think that story, the, you know, going through Samaria and meeting that woman at the well is so good because had he gone through Samaria and then stopped for a couple of days to do a session of ministry and invite mm. people to come, I don't think she'd have, she'd have gone, would she? He's like, well, you wouldn't want anything to do with me because I'm a sinner and, and what have you. And I, so I like that element that he not only went out of his way, but he went out of his way to meet a woman that he wouldn't have reached perhaps at any mm. other time mm. or in any <coughs> other situation. Yes, and the fact that it was an, an odd time. She, she'd come at what seems like sort of the middle of the day. Women didn't collect the water at that time. Mm. They collected it early in the morning. Mm. It was all those, you know, all the, yeah, all the I, I so, mean, so-called coincidences. Yeah, in a sense I didn't even just touch on that part mm, of the, yeah, the yeah. context because there's so much. As yeah, I, I think I said in the Bible talk, there's only, it's only mm. like 10 minutes or something crazy. Um, and you could literally sit and unpack this passage for, mm. for ages. But you're right, I didn't mention that, that you know, it was in the middle of the day. This, this wasn't a time that was common to go and collect water because it was so hot. Um, so you can picture that in your head, can't you? Just mm. her kind of scurrying out at this time to not see anyone mm. because of the stigma and everything. We already know, so there's other things in the story, like we know she's <coughs> had what appears to be like lots of husbands, maybe, maybe five and mm -hmm. not in the sixth one she's not living with and then it's like Jesus is saying to her 
I'm the final husband, I'm seven's perfect number in the Bible. There's all sorts of amazing things when you go away and read it that Jesus is like, come to me, I'm the living water that you need and you'll never run thirsty again kind of thing. So there's those kind of even things I never touched on that are fantastic about who Jesus is in this story. So it is mm. really jam-packed to say it's only sort of a page and yes. a little bit <coughs> in the Bible. So. Quite a lot, oh, amazing, yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. So the other area that you touch on is uh, avoidance. Mm. <laughs> We've talked about this before, haven't we? We have. I can do avoidance. Yeah. I, I avoid confrontation. I avoid making phone calls. I really don't like that. It goes right back to my childhood. I really don't enjoy making phone calls. <laughs> At school, I hated having to go through closed doors. Wow. I know, it's really, yeah, I've I think people have an impression of me being a bit brave, and I'm not at all. I'm a complete boss. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wrote it down as a, a sort of an amusing little question: How do we avoid avoidance? Mm. <sighs> be brave. I think I, I was. This is why I was a bit nervous to be here today because I realised in the Bible talk I was quite challenging, <laughs> and I was like, they're going to ask me questions, mirror of questions back to me that I kind of asked of of others. Um, I think this is such a hard thing and I'm not trying to like say that you've got to just stop doing it because I don't think it's, it's, it's easy, if, especially if this is something that you've kind of done since you, you've known since you were a child kind of thing. I think what I was trying to take away from this, this passage was that the Jews would have walked around Samaria and doubling their journey from sort of three days to six days, you know. So it was a substantial amount of thing. And I think that reflects human behavior. We can, we can often just do things in a comfortable way that will take twice as long. I'm talking like metaphorically, but you know what I mean? Longer because it's easier and we don't really want to like change or, <clears throat> I've definitely done this where I'm like, I know there's a behavior that God's trying to like push on me, push and say, well, you know, that's probably not how you should behave or, um, things like that and I've not really wanted to face them and then when I finally let God in it's much worse because I he's like no no you will <laughs> like it'll be like in a moment of worship and it's like overwhelming I'm like oh wow and obviously God's so gracious in those moments it's never like a horrible thing it's just I wish I'd done them earlier like looking back because mm, I've had so yeah. much freedom it's like you have that pit in the stomach because mm. you're like why did I not just shed Jesus. this you know ages ago so that's what I mean by saying it's horrible, not the experience, but just like, why did I not do it? So I think that God demonstrates in this, in this passage that he's not afraid to walk through, I used the pun, some area, didn't I? Which you Shocking. both didn't like. Shocking. Um, he's not afraid to walk through some area with you um, that you might think is too, too hard to face because he just didn't do that, like he just didn't avoid things or, or circumstances or confrontation. Um, and I think that's because he was always in communication with God the Father, mm-hmm. which we're perhaps not. So we might have confronted things and they've gone badly in the past or whatever, because it might not have been the right time. Mm-hmm. It might not have been the right way. It might, you know, whereas he was kind of constantly listening to God the Father, the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't think he really ever made I'm not going to say never because I, I think I, I won't want to put my, that down as much as that. But as in, I think he constantly 
<clears throat> tried to listen and hear what the right thing was to say. I mean, he said some very like confrontational things, but people didn't respond in a way that was defensive or always, you know, like the woman at the well, just ate this story, for instance. He's like, well, I know you, you've been married before and you don't live with the, with the man you, you don't, you're not married to the man you're living with now. That's quite like, in your face. To, to the point, um, you know, I, I think if we just went around being that kind of upfront with it, with people, with everyone, he clearly wasn't like that with everyone, was he? You know, he, the woman, the adulterer, he's like, going, going peace kind of, you know, just, you are forgiven. He sometimes just forgave people without even knowing, obviously he knew, but without bringing it all up and yeah. things. So this different, Jesus treats different people differently. Um, and I think that's important to know when we're having this conversation about avoidance, like God's not going to force you to stop avoiding things. But if you are listening to him and think, actually, I'm doing this out of fear rather than because I'm, I should do it, then do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. it's, not always. it's usually the root, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and I think what you picked up earlier, they said it's sometimes it's not the right time. Sometimes, mm. you know, God's timing is always perfect yeah <coughs> and he will and he's very patient with us and will bring us bring us back yeah, around yeah. again fortunately and yeah. say well here we go again you know yeah. you're going to do something about yeah. this you oh, can't just have like an egypt reaction like turn <laughs> into this other julia that's going to like <laughs> waltz around like well that's wrong and you know you can't just right. be that because that's yeah. not who you are and that would be wrong to do that mm. but you definitely could be like okay God, am I avoiding this because of this? Or am I, is this the right thing to avoid at this time? Or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah, I don't know. Thank you. Any, any other thoughts, Judy, on that one? No, I think just what I, what I said. I mean, I think, um, I think for me personally, it's sorting out relationships mm. is one of the big, big areas because mm. they're always the hardest things to do. Mm. Um, and take time and uh, you know to not avoid them but to keep on <coughs> working and listening to god and saying you know what should i be doing in this area you know how do you want me to change yeah. so i don't keep avoid you know so i don't avoid changing <laughs> that's the mm. thing mm. um yeah it's a journey mm. we're on a journey yeah <laughs> excellent well <clears throat> next one tired and weary yeah <laughs> dear <laughs> so human Mr. and Mrs. Grouch. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think as humans, when we're tired and weary, we don't react in the way Jesus mm. did in this in this instance. Mm. Um, you know, if he'd kind of come to this woman on a normal day when he wasn't tired and weary and he wasn't facing all this, the Pharisees kind of getting at him about baptising people when it wasn't him but it doesn't matter because it was in his name. You know, if it wasn't like, you <clears> didn't have the context of this story and it was just like, Jesus met a woman who was a Samaritan and, and you'd be like, of course he's gonna talk to her because he's not gonna care about cultural yeah. norms of the time, like this is Jesus. But to read around that and the fact that he was so tired and weary, like he sat down because he was so tired um, to hear that he was on his own, his disciples had gone off to, you know, get food or whatever. and. And every, all the context of the story, you just think, wow, he treated her so lovely and so compassionately. Mm -hmm. um, it just is kind of amazing mm -hmm. and speaks so much to us. 
when we're perhaps in a, it's not just when we're tired and weary it's when we're in a rush mm. it's when um, stuff's going on at home um, and we don't want to we don't want to, it's, it's always reflected, isn't it, from what's going on in our lives and how we treat others. It's not necessarily like we want to hurt people or we want to be in a rush and don't have time for people. I just think Jesus never let that, there's time and time again in the Bible where Jesus did not worry about stopping to talk to someone. Mm. You know, I can think of other stories where, like, like he needed to be somewhere else, but people stopped him mm. and he never ever said sorry like I don't have time for you mm. you know yeah. mm. I just yeah. think so. he actually stopped his disciples from stopping people didn't they because mm. they were trying to kind of you know give him some space yeah I just think relationships so important mm. yeah. and I don't think we we appreciate I think I said in the talk you know that when I'm tired and I get grouchy or whatever that's just with the people I like let alone the people <laughs> I don't like and you think like you know we're not going to sit here and pretend that we're all going to you know, like everyone all the time. That's not what being a Christian is. You hopefully love people and will you know, do right by people. But if you're tired and weary, I hold my hand up. I, I can't often function, let alone like try and do what, have a prophetic word for this woman and, and have have, help someone have revelation of who Jesus is. <laughs> it's just not, you don't think about that, do you? So... He just goes out of his way the whole time, in mm. a good way. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> Pretty amazing. Things to learn from there. Yeah. Have you got any tired and weary stories? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I often get tired and weary and grouchy, you ask Mike. <laughs> I must admit, when he, was, when he was working really long hours as a doctor, he was always so good when he came home because the children would want to play if they were still up. Oh, Daddy, Daddy, please play with us, please. And however tired he was, he was never grouchy with them, and he would just play. He used to play very clever games with them, though. It was usually, I'll lie down on the sofa, and <laughs> you, can, you can wake me up, pretend to be a doctor, and see if I'm all right. So Jenny would shake him and say, are you all right? You see, and they used to play these games, but he always did. I was, I, that, I'd always admired that, because he's had so much more patience than I have mm. <laughs> when he's tired and weary. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's a good. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good image, though, of what it, it was it, like a father yeah. figure. There'll be probably people watching that maybe didn't have mm. like that mm. at home, like as a child, like the father figure thing. So that's an image of a type of what God would be like yeah. in that sense, isn't it? So there, yeah. it's really powerful. Yeah. I think as well. I'm just thinking back to a, a sort of personal experience when I had the babies. The two girls were really babies, and they were <laughs> kicking off in High Street. And I was really stressed, really tired. And I don't know if I was going into a shop or coming out of a shop, <laughs> but a friend of ours, Andy, walked past. And he literally just put his hand out and touched my head and said, peace. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wonderful. I know. And actually, <laughs> what? it just completely changed the atmosphere. You crazy Christians. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. It was years and years ago, but it was just, it was funny. And, and actually, sometimes we can get ourselves worked up into a, mm. a tizzy that we feel we can't get out of, mm. and sometimes we just need to stop and ask God into those situations and he can come and bring his peace or refreshing or what have you, because mm. he says, you know, he can give us whatever we, we need, mm. kind of, he can restore yeah. us and refresh us, yeah. so that was quite an interesting lesson for me in those days. And those little, very short help prayers, you know, yeah. when you're just thinking, like, oh, I, I can't, help do, me. I can't <laughs> do this, mm. help 
these help yeah. and it, it, it really does work yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at my just notes. remembering to do it that's the problem yeah. <laughs> not yeah. just going oh I'm tired I'm too tired and grouchy to do this yeah <laughs> not the sofa and staring yes. at the wallpaper <laughs> yeah oh I think I was just looking to see if there's anything on my notes that I said when when I said that but I think you've said it all about the fact that he was physically exhausted and he still pointed her to God and showed because there's obviously context there around like she thought the Messiah was going to come and he's like, I am the Messiah. <laughs> you can just imagine it, can't you? I don't think when you read it, does it no. justice? It mm -hmm. must have just been such an amazing moment of, mm. of revelation. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she was shocked and, and everything. So I think, yeah, you've covered everything there in that bit. <laughs> Well, thank you, Emma. Mm. Thank you for your talk. And mm. um, I think now we're going to whiz into our hot gospel. Yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to obviously chat to me about it, like, please do. I'm happy to, to talk around these things, but um, I just pray that when you read it yourself, that God will, you know, draw things out for you like he did, he did for me. So, Brilliant. Thank you. Mm, thank, thank you. you. Fantastic. Jesus said by his actions. If you heard that Jesus was in town and he knocked on your front door, what would you do? Would you ignore him? Would you have someone tell him you're out? Would you have a quick tidy up? Or would you answer the door? In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Just as Jesus went out of his way to meet with the woman at the well. He's always ready to meet with us and to have a relationship with us. Jesus knows us completely and he loves and accepts us just as we are. We just have to open the door of our hearts and say, come in. If you're ready, say this prayer. Jesus, Thank you that you love me completely, just as I am. Would you come into my heart and in my life today so I may know you as my Lord and Saviour? If you said this prayer today, get in touch. We'd love to pray with you some more. Okay, that was good. I told you yeah. it was going to be good, didn't I? It was, it was, yeah, really, yeah, good. It was really good. Um, so the next thing we're going to do is we're going to run a, a video that we've got from the House of Grace. What is the House of Grace? House of Grace is one of those charities that we uh, give money to uh, on a regular giving basis. Mm -hmm. And it's about, it's an orphanage in Thailand. And... We've been sponsoring them for years. In fact, quite a few of our 
folk have been out there to, to, to meet them all. And if you remember the Ellards, can you remember the Ellards? No. Oh dear, where have you been? Oh. So the, the Ellards are Alan and Malin Ellard, mm -hmm. that's their name. And they started it off, I think, or joined that. We ran a video about them uh, a few months ago and they've now retired and come back over to England. Um, but we're still in touch with um, the House of Grace and they've sent us some photographs and a short video and a letter. So we're going to read out the letter and, um, and run it now. Cool. Over to you. Dear members of Oaks Community Church, greetings from House of Grace. I do hope you and your family are safe in God's wings. On behalf of Pastor Kitty Sack at the House of Grace, thank you very much for your monthly gift. We appreciate that you have supported children since they were young until they succeed generation to generation. The situation in Chantaburi, our province, is not good. The number of COVID-19 has started high again since last month. Omicron is spreading so fast. His protection is spreading so fast too. We are safe in the wings of God. All the children and staff are doing well. Your prayer is a power to motivate this mission. Please keep praying for Pastor Kittisak and Jiraiya for strength. They put in a lot of effort both physically and mentally. Please pray for health. Many of the diseases they had were caused by work. Please pray for me, Esra and the staff, Somjean and Ben, for wisdom, strength and special love to take care of all of them. Please pray for children, Yui for safety, she is going to work this Monday. Funtorn for safety as he drives to work every day, he works at Mr Donut. Gib, Namfung and Namwan for high school. Please pray for Maria for safety. She works in Bangkok. Please pray for Nuang, Esra's husband, for safety. He is a policeman and meets lots of people every day. Thank you for your support and prayers. Yours in Christ, Esra, for on behalf of House of Grace. So John, recently I've really felt the need to go out into the country and have a little walk, but I just, I never have the time. I don't know when to do it. The only days on freeze are Wednesdays, I don't know. Wednesdays are good. Is it? Because that's when we have our Wednesday walk. What? Oh, how have I not known about this? I don't know. Oh. What have you missed? It's great, actually. It's fantastic to get outside and get in the great outdoors, whether it's rain, as it was the other week, or snow, as it was when I broke my arm. Your arm? <laughs> Do you not normally bring your arms? No, I broke it. 
Oh, wow. Well, I slipped on the snow and ice. Mm. Well, we better not talk about that one. Let's not put people off. Okay. It's great to get to the great outdoors. <laughs> You'll, you won't uh, break any arms. No, no, you won't break any arms. And you'll enjoy yourselves because it's, it's fresh air. Yeah. And you meet lots of animals and friends and people. It's good. So have a look at this video. And if you want to come and join us, come and join us. So that's what the walk was about. Yeah. Good? Yeah. I'd love to go there. Bring your own coffee. Yeah. Or tea or whatever you drink and a packed lunch. Nice. It's great. We do about six to eight miles every wow. day. Where do you normally walk? Anywhere in Derbyshire or sometimes we've got locally as well. Yeah. And we climb hills. If I can climb hills at my age, we can all <laughs> climb hills. <laughs> Right, final bit. Yes. Well, it's not quite the final bit because we've always got some notices to do, I think. So here's a few notices coming up about Easter and some of the other events that are happening soon. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light.
So you all better have your best singing voices on because we're about to go to some lovely worship and sing as loud as you can and we might be able to hear you. Yeah, we hope we can. Make sure you do. I, what? I, I thought you would... What, what are you doing here? Well, I heard that you fired me and I decided I wouldn't have that. So what? I come back what? to re-replace you, John. Well, Shall that's I up to him, isn't it? A minute. <laughs> you need to couldn't resist doing that. You absolute scoundrel. <laughs> I won't stand for this any longer. Oh no! That's alright. Yeah, and you. Above these mountains 
you fire.